Many musicians know that it takes years of practice to become proficient on their instrument. But with songwriters, that can all go out the window and they can get stuck for months on one song. This brings up the old quality over quantity argument and which approach is more likely to result in great songs. In this club conversation with bilingual Emmy Award winning voice actor Kari Lawyer, we discuss Kari's bold new adventure into songwriting and how taking a fearless, fun and abundant outlook on creative practice can result in some wonderful songs. Welcome to the Magic of Songwriting podcast with iHeart Songwriting Club. In this podcast, we help you reconnect with and experience the transformation, the joy and the magic of songwriting so that you can become the songwriter you've always dreamed of being. I'm Francesca DeValence and I'll be your guide. Let it go. With a day gig doing voiceovers and executive coaching from Sugarland, Texas, formerly running a private school in the Caribbean, Kari Lawyer might be one of the more interesting hidden gems of iHeart Songwriting Club. Writing 120 songs in 120 weeks in the club, but not hearing a peep about him, we got in touch to discover a highly creative artist joyfully expressing through music. And we learnt that 12 of those songs had been released. Big welcome to the magic of songwriting, Kari. Thank you, Francesca. It's awesome to be here. Love your smile. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I can hear your smile too. Uh, I'm so delighted we get to meet... um, you know, you have been a part of our community for such a long time. That's over two years. And uh, I feel like, you, like as I said in the intro, you're a hidden gem. Um, and I just, when I discovered more about you and what you've been doing, I felt you really embody what the club is about um, and, and have the spirit of that. So I wanted to hear more about you and how you how you've been able to bring that joy into your writing um, and and hopefully inspire others to do that for themselves. So let's, yeah. let's go back. Like how long have you been writing songs for? You know, let's go back to where this all began. Yeah, so, so I've had music in my head since I was a kid and I grew up in a musical family. So my grandfather ran a musical um, department in a college in the Midwest and, uh, and my dad was a, uh, a music major, but then he really didn't do anything formally with music. But he would always play on the piano and tinker and he would make up songs. And so I grew up with that. I've got a very good musical ear, uh, you know, perfect pitch. And so um, in high school, while I got tired of any sort of formal lessons growing up, I didn't have the patience for it. In high school, my senior year, I was an athlete, played soccer, broke my ankle. And suddenly that gave me a lot of time to uh, jump into music. And so I was in a band in high school and we were you know, playing uh, the Doors, Zeppelin, um, Steely Dan, all sorts of stuff, and uh, and I would just okay, what, I would hear it and figure it out, and I I I didn't I'd get frustrated because I often couldn't play what I heard, but I could hear it. And so then with practice, I could figure it out, and so that was kind of my first dive in. But then years went by when I I lived in Rio for a while and was doing some guitar lessons there, but nothing ever happened with music. And, uh, and suddenly two decades had gone by and I had talked about music, 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 um, 
but never did anything. And I'm pretty good about doing what I say I'm going to do. And so finally, at the start of 2019, when I left the Caribbean for to, to come back to stateside and do a creative sabbatical, I said, as part of this, if I don't dive into music now, it's not going to happen for another X number of years. Shame on me. Um, this is a passion. I want to do it. And so one of the first things I did then, I, you know, I'd never written a song, scratched my first few together to go out to the expo, uh, the um, Durango Expo in Ventura, January of 2020, just before COVID. And that's where I met you. Yeah. And heard your presentation. And I was like, man, okay, if I'm serious about this, I've got to jump into something that is going to make me uncomfortable. It's going to have a structure that will force me. uh, There's accountability because I've got to create something. Um, And there's a cohort of peers where I'm interacting with others. And I started that. And that has been a huge, um, huge help. Um, And so I, you know, I just want to thank you for the service that you're providing, because what an awesome musical sandbox for people to get in. And um, and that's been a huge part of my development. So I started then in January of uh, 2020 and then said, all right, I treated this like like any sort of big, ambitious project and broke it down and said, all right, let's go. Here's the structure, the big goals. Here's the structure. Here's kind of principles for operating. Here's the curriculum I'm going to need to follow. And uh, and then suddenly over two and a half years, I'd written uh, written 200 songs and released 40. And um, yeah, and climbing the mountain and having fun. That's probably the most important thing. (laughs) So you were um, really committed to making that dream a reality back in end of 2019, 2020. So three years ago now, you were committed to that. You didn't have a practice as yet, but once you found a way forward, you had then dedicated and devoted yourself to that practice. So I want to I want to know how did you bring the fun to this? Because I think a lot of people would think commitment, dedication, devotion. That sounds hard. That sounds serious. That sounds like it's going to hurt. How did you bring the fun to that? Yeah. Well, so I mean, it, you know, I, I have. I have uh, one of the, one of the things that I did initially was say, okay, there, there've got to be uh, here are my operating principles, and the first one was create fearlessly, and so it was like, let me be kind of Pollock throwing paint at a musical canvas, and let's just see what and and don't self censor, get it out. This is my chance to play, which is really hard for adults in particular to do, and the kind of the older we get, it's harder. But that was principle number one. Principle number five was have fun. <laughs> I've got to make sure that I am having fun throughout this because as soon as I'm get worried about things, it's like I have to stop myself. And usually the fun comes in more relaxed times when you're just when I'm walking somewhere and I'm whistling. I've whistled all my life, uh, humming. I've hummed all my life, tapping my my snapping, tapping my feet, uh, tapping my fingers. Um, I've done that all my life. And so uh Usually, you know, you might be in the car uh, driving somewhere. And so making sure that I, I am just having fun and then not worrying so much, you know, in the creative part, not worrying so much about, OK, I've got to do this, 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 just following that fun and like, OK, this is a fun rhythm. All right. And, and so, um, you know, I think that creating fearlessly has made it fun because I've been able to just play with different sounds and it's discovery. And uh, do you bring that approach to everything new that you learn or did you really have to cultivate a new, um, you know, quality to bring to your new discovery of of creating songs? 
Yeah, you know, so so I you referenced this in kind of the outset, but you know, one of them uh, I've had parallel paths in in education and also in entertainment, entertainment mainly through uh, voiceovers. Um, but on the education side, you know, I have been uh, fortunate to see and work with a lot of amazing people, and you see how people learn. And one of those. Uh, uh, you know, it's actually very similar, very similar to foreign language acquisition. And I uh, uh, did foreign language in college and had the opportunity to work with someone. Uh, this is at Dartmouth College in New England. who was this renowned language professor, uh, John Rossius. And his main um, kind of philosophy was that it was all about losing inhibitions. You had to just blah, 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 make a mess the way babies do. But the problem is, Babies go blah, 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 blah for three years and everyone around them goes, oh, that's so great. Oh, that's so cute. When you do that as anything about above about eight years old, people start to correct you and tell you how you need to do it. And they don't allow that natural play period. Um, And so, yeah, so from the outset, I've allowed myself knowing that uh, I've allowed myself that natural play period of that baby. Yeah, you make a mess. And the mess gets better, 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 better. And a number of years later, you're sending the baby to Harvard. Yeah. So let's, I, I want to talk education and the way we educate kids in a mainstream world for, for a moment, for a hot minute. So I have come from a, a teaching background and yeah. um, got out of that because personally, I felt I could offer more outside of the confines of an institution. And uh, I think it's just, it's who I am, you know, to, to, I I need the freedom to work and I can still bring what I've learned, but I bring it outside of that uh, structure. Um, And I, and when when I was in it, I felt um, all of the limitations that were imposed upon students through the philosophy of learning that we have adopted from a Western culture point of view. Um, Can you speak to some of the, uh, how do I want to say this? Can you speak to some of the things that you feel are are limiting and maybe the room for where people can expand beyond what is presented to them? Sure. And let me actually tie this in. I was thinking about, um, you know, I heart songwriting and um, uh, the, you offer assignment, you offer a guidelines, and these are recommended guidelines and, you know, a challenge, a bonus challenge, all of that. Um, but knowing what I know, I go in with, oh, awesome, that's a great suggestion. But if I have some other idea that I want to explore in this wonderful musical sandbox and I'm learning, that's what matters. And I think what happens institutionally, we get and this uh, certainly in the United States, but I think a lot of places, it's more about management and some numbers and we've got to get this. And so you, you, we, we are more focused on moving a certain number of group of people through this rigid structure so that we can measure that instead of creating the conditions to allow for those teachable moments where it's like, wait a minute, this, oh, did you see how his eyes let up there? Oh, let him go. Do a little more of that. What just happened there? And so, you know, each, each of these assignments, um, I'll often start with it, you know, I'd say most of the time I'm following a guideline, um, but there've been a couple of times where I'm like, you know, actually there's something else. And so even, you know, allowing that flexibility in what we're doing and not holding ourselves to the, what, what matters is, are we learning? Are we, are we learning and are we excited enough 
to come back tomorrow to continue to learn. And so if we, if we get wrapped up in, no, I got to do this assignment that, you know, uh, you kind of lose, people lose momentum. And, you know, I, and I think it's, you know, I'll, I'll say, you know, cause I'm also very analytical. Um, the, I, I, I would be, see how, I would see how many people complete and, you know, I mean, I know for your, your platform, you'll know exactly, mm-hmm. but I would say, you know, my rough estimate, um, you know, on, on, uh, I heart songwriting would be that maybe 30%, um, complete, um, complete the 10 weeks assi- assignment. And I've been on several other platforms um, uh, that are helpful for different ways. And I noticed the same thing. It was like 20 to 30% at most would complete. And so that to me also is a reminder of just show up. Show, if you show up, you are now ahead of 70% of um, everyone else that's sort of talking about us, we're going to do it. That, and, and so... You know, and then the other thing that I would notice in a lot of these, you know, I've got, so I have, I have a creative mind, all these other things. I don't have that, haven't historic. I uh, didn't start with the technical chops that a lot of people have. And it's really easy for folks to be overly critical of the baby. And, you know, in those first few years of speech and no, you need to do it like that. You need to do it like that. And, and really what the baby needs at that phase is just a lot of encouragement and so one of those rules that I, um, you know, uh, all, uh, follow for my is when I'm giving feedback, I make sure I find three specific things that I can, um, that I can celebrate and highlight. Say, I love A, I love B, I love C before I offer anything that might be uh, a constructive suggestion. And I found that, that that ratio then builds momentum. It certainly does for me so that I'm excited about learning and want to come back without, you know, mo- most of us that are, that are in this world are very sensitive and, uh, you know, creative souls. And, and so I think that three to one ratio is a good ratio that would help um, get a better yield than the 30% that everyone kind of, you know, kind of fade out. So that's one of the things that I've, I've observed. Yeah. When learning is hard. Okay. So um, unconscious incompetence potentially i don't know if you've used that um i haven't heard that uh, term oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a conscious competence and you know there's because yeah. you mentioned you were analytical i thought maybe i'll i'll speak to some of the language you may have used in in education before but when you're 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 not aware of why you can't do the thing versus uh, i'm super aware of that i'm doing this well you know and then the spectrum along that to you know realizing okay i'm conscious i'm aware that i'm not really great at what i'm doing and then okay i'm aware that i'm getting better at what i'm doing and i'm aware that i'm good at what i'm doing you know there's yep. the oh and then there's the unconscious competence so then i'm just doing it without even thinking about it mm-hmm. so when it when it's back to the i'm really struggling with this and it's really hard and i'm not getting the outcome i want from an you know having been in the education world for quite a while and helping hundreds, probably thousands of students, what would you recommend there where it's, where it's hard to bring the baby spirit to the, and play to this because there's so much uh, unknown and um, potentially lack of ability there, you know, what would you recommend? Yeah. I mean, two, two things that just jump out at me um, as you're talking there. Um, number one, breaks. Take breaks. 
because if if we're pounding our you know pounding our head or you know the uh, pounding our head against the wall um, and we no longer you can do that to a certain point that's a little bit of that is discipline and a little bit of that is perseverance but the greatest you know in whatever industry know how to take breaks and so it's really important to take care of ourselves so that we take breaks and that's everything from sleep diet exercise to do something totally different to um, change of scenery to so that we come back and now we're refreshed and all right full tank of gas hey all right let's let's create um, so I think that's that's kind of number one and then you know self-awareness is um, is so important and and so when you're talking about you know our our kind of our our, our, our journey um, you know one of the first things that I did was really map map this out and so like okay well let me not just, oh, I want to do a bunch of songs. It's like, okay, well, let's, what are the skills that I am going to need to develop? One of those is the craft of songwriting. And now we can break that further down. The next is vocals. Let's now break vocals down. Then let's look at audio production. Let me break that down. Then there's a whole business side. And to the degree that we can break those down and then self-evaluate and say, okay, huh, well, how are we doing? How are we knowing? What are the next steps? that can help give a sense of momentum as well. So even when we might feel stuck in one place, we're actually, we can see our progress in another area. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, I mean, you clearly have uh, an abundance of self-awareness that you're able to bring to, um, I suppose, anything you want to learn, anything at all that you want to learn, you're going to be able to bring that. And um, I think there there are a lot of people that, maybe haven't gotten on that journey yet of self-awareness. and um, But once you do, you will be able to apply it multidimensionally, won't you? Like, you know, whether that's awareness because you're, you know, working on physical health um, and then you start to become aware of your body and the way your mind thinks. And if you then start learning a new skill like songwriting, you'll be able to apply the same uh, principles of awareness from what you've done from physical health to songwriting and then you know if you're learning anything else you'll be able to multidimensionally apply that everywhere so yeah 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 obviously you've been doing this for a bit (laughs) cross training i mean that's the 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 art of cross training which is yeah and and so if you have self-awareness well that's something that applies everywhere self-awareness of your growth whether that's again your lyrical writing your melody writing whatever um but yeah that that self-awareness is um is critical. I think, and, um, you know, and, and I was going to want to, you know, I think it's also self, you know, one of the most important pieces is that you, you, it's hard to develop self-awareness in a bubble or a cave. Yeah. And so as soon as you are interacting with other folks, including a cohort, you know, on your platform, suddenly now you're, Oh, huh. You're getting ideas and, you know, and you're, and you're getting comments from other people that, 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 you know, one of those critical questions is how are we getting feedback to accelerate our learning yeah and 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 and, and develop our self-awareness self-awareness comes because sometimes people say hey kari man <laughs> kari your nose is red oh, oh thank you for telling me my nose is red i didn't know it um but it was and not it, taking to that someone personally else. and not and taking not, it personally yeah. and not taking it personally yeah yeah um i have recently spoken on the podcast in a solo episode um around well really the solo episodes are around helping songwriters to become more aware of their inner processes and helping them to expand and open to uh, more essentially and uh, you know in one deep of the self-awareness 
right there because you're on the meta of, yeah. of hmm, how, what is my pro- internal process for doing this? Absolutely. And and one of the things that I, I, I believe I've recently said, I sometimes forget if I've said it or not, or I've thought it, or if it's coming in a, in a, in a future episode, at least it'll be in this episode with Kari, <laughs> um, is that, you know, I, I often think that we are all here, well, I know, this is my belief, that we are all here to grow and learn and transform. And the, the, the vehicle for songwriters is writing songs. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 it is just one of the many vehicles we could be choosing to do that. So I have grown um, exponentially from committing to a songwriting practice um, and, and be devoting myself to that. And sure, I've learned about melody and sure, I've learned about lyrics and sure, I've learned about accompaniment and learning a new instrument and learning production and learning, a new, you know, I, I've learned all of that. Absolutely. But what I've really learned is about myself. Yeah. I've learned about when things get hard, what I tend to do and what I want to do differently and how I've learned to do that differently, um, how to process uh, emotion or express myself through my songs, how to be courageous through my songs. Yep. Um, that has been one of the greatest areas, not not solely, there's other, area, other avenues or other vehicles that I've travelled in to also become aware but that's just one of the vehicles to growth and transformation in, yeah, the way I see things. Um, well, so, so okay, so you're there, I mean, there's, there are a couple of things there. You're talking about the kind of the technical parts of, okay, you know, lyrics, melody, whatever, the, but then more of a mindset and uh, a kind of an attitude approach, uh, a part of the self-awareness. If, so if, if you were to say, huh, these, this is kind of my self-talk as I'm going through to make sure that I continue moving forward, what, what are the, some of those insights about yourself that now you have kind of self-talk to guide yourself forward in the most effective manner? I'm not sure that the technical part and the self-talk or mindset are um, unlinked. I actually think they're very much linked. And, and here's an example of that. Um, uh, I taught myself guitar seven years ago because I always cool. wanted to learn guitar. And so in order for me to technically de- develop that skill of playing guitar, I had to confront – I had to be the baby. I had to confront mm-hmm. my self-criticism of how terrible everything sounded for years. Mm-hmm. And so whilst I was technically developing, I was also learning to open a, a more unconditional love space for myself yep. and to um, be, you know, soothe myself when I was really frustrated with things, yeah. um, all of those sorts of things. And then, you know, it, let's let's talk lyrics for a second so it's not just, you know, physical things but um, also the cognitive process of writing lyrics or the expressive process of writing lyrics that potentially tap on something incredibly honest and personal and then from the mindset point of view of going, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to say this. Mm-hmm. Now, whilst I'm able to, you know, develop that lyric, um, well, let me come back. I think that the only way I can develop that lyric in some aspects is by being courageous enough to do that. So I think they are really linked. What are your thoughts yeah. around that? I, I see the technical part. You apply kind of that courageous part. You apply that kind of the mindset parts to your acquisition of those technical skills. Yeah, that's that's my experience of it. And so yeah. I'm I'm curious because I think we're both similarly analytical and aware. 
So I'm curious, like, is that what's going on for you? Or are you able to kind of go, no, I'm just technically developing right now. There's no self-awareness. There's no mindset. Yeah. I mean, so, so, yeah. So, I mean, so my, I, I, the, the, again, the, 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 I, I have kind of operating principles that are on my wall. Um, that are, I said, my five keys to success on this musical journey. And the, at the number one is create fearlessly. So if I find myself again, there's, you know, there's a creation phase, then there's a rewriting phase. Right. And, and, and so that creation, I can, I, if I, there's an idea, I immediately try to try it. I try it. I don't say, Oh, well, maybe and what is it going to sound like? Let me do it. And I have to almost go faster than my mind. Uh, otherwise that self-censure will come up. And so move quickly, create, create fearlessly. So that's number one. Number two then is learn systematically. So after the end, you know, after whatever, after uh, one of the set, you know, you, you, on the, you know, the iHeart, you've provided uh, a structure there. Often within that, I might try to be practicing on my own one little production skill or one lyrical idea that I'd seen someone do. And, and so um, but being very systematic about, I mean, I've already broken down these four areas, songwriting, vocals, uh, uh, audio production, um, and, and kind of business of promotion, um, but learning systematically. And the third is network strategically. You and I are talking because I went out to an event where I wanted to make sure that I was meeting interesting folks that were far ahead of me on this path. And thanks to that um, uh, uh, decision to, okay, how can I network strategically? Um that's connected with others that have helped me learn lyrics, melody, and all these other technical pieces. Um, then there's a play fourth is play long um, because, you know, as much as we'd all love to be on stage of the World Cup um, with our song, um, you know, if not this year, in four years, we got to be doing it. Uh, <laughs> that's just uh, that's highly unlikely. So we need to make sure that, um, you know, this is uh, we don't crash and burn in, you know, whatever the time period is that we continue. And I think most people understand that this is we, we, we do this because it's in us and we have to be doing it. And then there's a, you know, the fifth is have fun, which we talked about earlier. And uh, this, you know, there, there are moment, moments of of hardship, doubt, all of that. But ultimately it's gotta be, it's gotta be fun. Yeah. What a gift to be able to offer that to all of the listeners. Thank you so much. Um, we're definitely going to be mindful of those five principles of creating and learning. That works for me. And so like literally when I'm, you know, create, I have to say, huh, am I doing, you know, on a week to week basis, how well am I doing on each of those? Am I really creating fearlessly or no? Mm. Well, no, that's going to sound kind of foolish. I don't know. And I that. No, I got to try it. Yeah. But I have to catch myself on that. And uh, and then, and then it, while I'm learning all these technical things, you know, because it's easy to, you know, on the production side, oh, I don't know. I got to be careful. What is that? No, try it. Oh, go. I've got to, I got to do that fearlessly. So, yeah. yeah so I think every, the, 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 the big idea is that everyone should come up with what are those principles that can help move them forward, help them overcome their, you know, for me, perfectionism is, is one of those challenges that I think a lot of people deal with. And so that's where, okay, if you're perfectionist, you're not going to be creating fearlessly. Looking uh, at the songs that have been submitted by your group members for the, you know, for, for two and a half years, um, I think it's much easier to be objective about their work and where they're not being fearless sometimes than our own experience because we could be, as you said, like, am I being fearless? Yeah, I am. And they're like, oh, really, am I? And maybe I could be a bit more courageous here or a bit more fearless here. Um, but 
looking looking objectively at other people's experience or, or as far as we can see from our perspective anyway, one of the things I see is um, uh, people filtering or uh, judging themselves um, and and really not willing to say what it is. Or basically they're not willing to be direct. Now I, I see the benefit of having you know, poetic language and and figurative language and metaphor and all of that, but often that's there to hide that they're not willing to say what they're really willing to say. Mm-hmm. And that I want to offer that up as part of this conversation is like what what are the things that we see other people being self-critical about um, because I think that that can be a really great way to kind of assess or reflect on what we're doing and uh, maybe be a bit more fearless by at least seeing it in others because yeah. you know, learning next to others is such a brilliant opportunity to learn about ourselves. Yeah. So but- some of the things that I've seen uh, just in the last couple of groups that were that were among the best that I've had. Um, and so I thank you again for your uh, behind the scenes. Um, but some of the things that I loved is seeing people like you'd hear one song then you hear something else that like totally different genre totally different style so i loved seeing people take on totally different genres um because the learning you know that may or may not be their line doesn't matter they're learning stuff and then number two vocally hearing people try things like falsetto you know and or shouts choral shouts and just different things with their voice instead of staying in their safe place like, because guess what? You sound like that baby again. And you might sound like that baby and you're afraid that people are going to laugh at you. And um, uh, so I've, I've loved hearing people do try different things vocally. Um, and then, you know, third, third, and this is, um, you know, it's, if I go back and listen to my first, the first, you know, the first thing that I did, it was like, okay, I'm, yep. I barely know how to swim. I barely know how to stay afloat, but I'm jumping in the water. And, you know, I, li- I did it on my iPhone my iPhone and I was like sort of humming it. And I mean, it just, it, I felt like the kid that was bringing his homework that was like half eaten by the dog was all soggy. <laughs> and you know, all the other kids have these nice shiny things. <laughs> I'm in there holding this. It's like, yep. Okay. Just remember I'm the baby. Give it a few years. I'm the baby. Give it a few years. But, but so I love it when, um, within our group, you'll have someone that a has, you know, wonderful production chops and all this. And they're actually, polishing it up. And often it's a lot, they're spending a lot more than an hour on it. Um, and, but then someone else that has the confidence to do just like they're on a camping trip and they have the confidence just to do a vocal on something. And, and I'm kind of thinking about this. So I, so that's the other thing is different stages of rough ideas to, to polish. Um, you know, that's that, that for me is a sign of fearlessness. When you see someone that's like, look, I'm, I was at this airport, I've got this idea and they share it and they hum it, you know, and it, while you're in background noise, cause that, that's the, that could be the start of a hit song. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just want to acknowledge and appreciate that you took my question and you flipped it into what you've actually learned from what other people do do rather than what other people don't do. And yeah, much respect for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the con- conversational like, jujitsu. <laughs> dang. <laughs> That's, no, no, okay. Now that we got the three positives, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now come on. Yeah. I think the absence of that is the, is what I'd say that, the, so the, so the opposite of that, what you see is doing this, it sounds the same staying in a safe little, yep. It's just that the folk guitar or something, you know, and there it is. They're always there and like nothing wrong with that, but 
odds are if they literally try to do some sort of rap or they try to do some sort of, uh, uh, I mean, who, who knows, a little, uh, some little Spanish twist on it or, 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 um, or just an acapella version, whatever, it, the learning is going to increase. And who knows how they'll apply that learning to their next folk song. That's so brilliant and so simple. Uh, I feel um, maybe I'm staying a little bit in my safe zone at the moment. I mean, I think I'm really, you know, in my songwriting where I'm a, like a 430 songs in the club, just in the club. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's amazing. I, I do loads of writing outside of the club. Um, and where I feel like I'm I'm really strengthening right now is in the ability, and which is why I've mentioned it a couple of times, in the ability to be really direct and really courageous in my lyric, yeah. despite how uncomfortable that makes me feel. So it, musically I'm sticking to my, you know, into a lane that I know that I can just um, – like just dump the like dump the musical idea down so I can then flex in the in the lyrical space, um, so yeah, like that that's a really cool uh, reflection for me to then go okay maybe maybe next song I do I'll just do it a cappella and you know I'll build some harmonies around it or I'll use you know it's been a while since I've used a backing track I'll I'll, I'll find some sort of loop or something to to sing over and and just because ten songs in a row that maybe are a little bit similar musically sounding can just keep you in a comfort zone. So yeah, thank you. I, I'm yeah. going to do next week's song differently now. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, again, I play with only... open tunings and all those sorts of yeah. things, but I still think that's, that's now a comfort zone. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, very I mean, comfortable only, the, in open tunings. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but the only thing that matters again is, is what's working for you. And so back to the self-awareness, which is, yeah. If you're doing, if you're, you've just done 10 in whatever your lane is, you're open tuning and and open tuning folk songs and you just like, and you are cranking and ideas are coming, go do another 10, do yeah. another, keep going. But it's oftentimes that, that variety then, you know, we were talking about keeping things fun, keeping things fresh. Sometimes it's like, yeah, do, I mean, did you watch the, did you watch the, um, I think it was Apple plus series on, uh, the Beatles recording. I haven't, I haven't watched the whole thing. I've seen snippets of it. Okay. you So like that, that is, it's the one where they are in the studio for the last, um, you know, they spend a week together, whatever it is, the couple weeks and, and their last album together. And it's, it is a wonderful documentary on the creative process and the messiness of the mm. creative process. And it's there are parts in there that are uh, for a typical ho- like if it were a Hollywood movie they would have cut out eighty percent of it because it's boring. Mm. Mm. But you 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 then see, uh, you see you know John and Paul like doing different character voices and singing like this and they're just kind of hemming it up and they're and, and and it's just a reminder of how you got to play you got to yeah. play play like a kid and do silly things and. Uh, yeah, so I mean, as you're, you you do your twenty that are in that that perfect you know uh, um, uh, open tuning folk lane. Now do like what would like if you did like a I don't know uh, um, say do do like a pretend it's like K, a K pop and you're literally singing Korean. You know, like <laughs> what happens? Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah. I mean, you're laughing, right? You're yes. laughing because as soon as now you're laughing, there's you're going to say something silly. I'm going to say something silly, and then something funny is going to come out. And and something really cool could come, and original could come out. It also could be something that's oh my god, that's so yeah, so awful. Whatever, and that's okay. Yeah, but the willingness to be in that space. But as soon as you're in that laughing space, you're no longer inhibited. Yeah. And now you're playing. 
Yeah. A play. Let, let's just even come back to that word playing and we play music. We play songs. We play yeah, yeah, piano. We play right. yeah. guitar. We play. <laughs> we don't work. We don't work we don't songs. Work perfect. piano. Work. Yeah, we don't perfect, perfect piano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. That's yeah. really great. Now, now again, I, or I would say we initially do right, and then and then it's like okay, now, now there's reality. Okay, let's now come back for that final twenty percent. Now let's work that piano. Let's work that. But that first eighty percent has got to be we play the yeah. song. We play the piano. Yeah, beautiful. I, I, to 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 build that sustainable momentum, I think, you know, to be able I, to play long. You're playing long, playing fearlessly, having fun, and then you know, systemizing your growth. And I can't remember what principle three is off the top of my head. Can you network, remind me? Uh, two is network. network uh, three is network strategically. So well, uh, you, well, you are doing that in your even in your weekly groups in in some way. Um, maybe just networking, maybe not necessarily strategically, but um, just coming back to the, I suppose, one, two, four and five principles, um, embodying those for two and a half years has resulted in, um, you said 40 songs, and I think 12 of those have come from the club. But Yeah, you've thir- 13. Re- I just, uh, I was <laughs> you like, just oh, released a new one. There. Yeah. yeah. And, there's, um, and there's probably 10 in there that I want to um, develop, you know, or, or more, but it's just... Uh, well, firstly, that gives um, rise to my little st- statistic that I like to throw around, which is one out of every 10 songs is going to be something that you're going to want to do with. So if you've written 120 in the club and you've released, let's say there was 12 and then now there's yeah. 13, yeah. here's one in 12, one in, sorry, one in 10, one in yeah. 10 songs are going to be what you need for your career or for your great hobby or whatever that is you want to do with p- putting it into a set. So there are people that come and write 10 songs and they're like, I'm going to go away and perfect them all. And I'm like, please don't do that. Like, please don't just keep writing, keep having fun. But um, more so is when I started listening to those songs that you've released, they're just all so fun and they're all so different and you don't subscribe to being something that I think you're you're not copying anybody. Let's just talk about that. Like you really swimming in your own lane. It's It's so fun. Yeah, refreshing. Yeah, no, I I appreciate that. And that, you know, that's um, the so so I guess number one, it really reflects me because I've I've had a um, uh, kind of a taken a unique, eclectic, uh, peripatetic path and hopped around. I've lived in different places um, around the globe. And so kind of, the you know, so my brand really is the number one word is adventurous. and, you know, that that means quirky, means eclectic, cross genre. Um, I try to make it positive and fun. Um, I speak multiple languages. And so I, 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 I love the world and the diversity of the world. And so usually there's global multilingual element. And then um, and then, you know, as an educator, ultimately, I want all this to be empowering. And so everything has to everything has to pass the the kid test. Could I take this song and sit with a class of you know, 10-year-olds uh, or 16-year-olds uh, and absolutely have a discussion around, um, you know, the content in that song. And so far, all 40 passed that test. There was one, there was one that was one of the 12 that was, uh, it was a Russian Putin protest song, uh, The World Says Niet, because I was over in Moscow in 2008, 2018, and, um, and, uh, uh, and uh, so I learned some Russian as part of that. And, um, and in that, I have a line that is um, playing with the alliteration and near rhyme of uh, Putin, Putin. So I use the French, which is the F mm-hmm. word in French. 
and just playing with that. And so that's the one. And I was like, absolutely. For this, for what we're talking about, a guy that takes over, the, like, uh, you know, uh, invades another country. Uh, yeah, this is now a, a teachable moment. I will happily teach all six-year-olds, you know, or eight-year-olds. How to swear that. in French. And yeah, how to swear in French. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so so it's a, a a song for you has to tick those boxes um, and it it uh, no, or let's, doesn't have to. No, let's, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't have to. I'm careful. Uh, for me to release something, it would. Ha- I have to make sure that it it, it passes the the family friendly. Um, mm, because uh, that's part of your brand. Because that's part. Yeah, that's part. It, it, yeah. Um, uh, you know, if I am doing something that uses some. I mean, there's that's the, literally the only song where there's profanity. It's in French. Mm. Um, uh, but but on the creative side, no, I'll do other things. I'll do, you know, everything, but I would make sure that it's, it's, and, and, and those words actually came, you know, it's, it's art, cre- create for, put, put the artist hat on first, put the marketeer's hat on second. And so I create, oh, and now I step back and say, oh, huh, what are the words that I might use to describe these hundred songs that have been there? Oh, okay. Kind of this, kind of that. So it's not that I went in trying to fit into those it was more create, 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 now categorize. Mm-hmm. And you see, oh, okay, actually all of those labels apply. That's beautiful clarity for people who are, you know, who have written 10 songs and want to release those 10 songs and realize there's not enough volume to create clarity around who they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, ten, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine. Um, uh, it probably was... You know, I mean, easily 50 when I'm like, huh, I started thinking about like, I really need to figure out what what, what is my brand? What? And uh, yeah, if I if I had tried uh, the first 10, no clue at all. You know, and there's one other thing that I want to mention. There's something I read um, here last few months, but it was talking. It was this experiment that they there was this study where they had it was in the world of ceramics and they had two groups. One group was told (laughs) um, you are going to be graded on your ceramic project in, you know, two months and on the quality of your ceramic project in two months. And you're going to have this one grade on this one piece. The other group over that same period was told you're going to be graded on whether or not you can complete 50 pieces in those two months. And when they looked at all of the pieces done, the group that was doing the 50 piece, like they had to do quantity, they had much better quality than the the group that was, oh, you're going to be graded, you know, on this one piece, make sure it's really good. And so there's, you know, because they just, and so I think that's an important, it's back to the creating fearlessly and it's back to like, you, you know, you referenced 400 some song. When you create that much, you are naturally going to be learning a ton and the quality <laughs> will rise. I've used that exact example of the ceramic class. Oh, you know what? I feel like we are the same yeah, uh, being in different bodies on opposite oh, sides so of the planet. <laughs> do you remember? Uh, I read that in the last three or four months. Do you remember where you? Uh, well, all this, so many of these things uh, were recycled. It was a couple of years too. ago for me. It was a couple yeah. of years ago for me, and yeah. I've, I've I've really you know held on to it as an example of qu- quantity builds quality. Yeah, and yep. it, you know it's one of the facets of iHeart Songwriting Club, and a lot of um, people who have not done the practice. Um, uh, sneer at the idea. They're like, oh, you're just creating a lot of crap. And I'm like, uh. you know, yes, go and do that. 
Because when you keep doing that, you learn a lot. There's a lot of, you know, research and development on what works, what doesn't work, how to yep. become free, how to become fearless, how to how to throw ideas and see what sticks, you know, see what yeah. resonates. And there's less, um, you know, p- carving in a very purposeful way, which I think actually ends up happening anyway. Yeah. Through And, and you're going to get there faster by creating a lot. Uh, I, I love that example and I'm just so delighted so that, you, that. <laughs> that you just brought that to the table. Um, yeah, quantity builds quality. I would have never believed anybody that yeah. said this without, you know, I was the most critical person that I knew, actually, besides people in my family <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who taught me the way, who walked the path before me, the most critical person and judgmental, hyper-judgmental of self and others and I would never have believed that that was the way to go forward. And yep. it was, you know, and I've, I've shared my story before, it was through desperation to do things differently that I, I, I stepped on the path to self-awareness and growth and transformation and that was through the vehicle of songwriting and then other ones that came along alongside that. And I, I just would have never believed it. I was such a non-believer of that eight years ago. And now I have, there is, there is no, yeah, I just can't speak highly enough of it. You know, when you, you, you've, you've, you've just, you've seen the higher path, you've seen the way forward and you're like, I'm just going to tell the whole world. What do you think this podcast is? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell the whole world about how you can grow as a songwriter by just writing every week. Yep. Yep. And, and you are one of the examples of people who have tried that out and, you know, and, and are flying, you know, on, yeah. on a great adventure up a mountain. Yep. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, oh, you, you said something that made me think of something and my, my, my creative brain went off in 12, 12 directions down. I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh yeah. We, we were talking about, you know, being judgmental and not believing that that was the way forward. And- oh, it, I think that just, yeah. How, how important, as soon as you have that quantity go on you, that, that, schedule of, okay, this week, next week, next week, it keeps you moving and you have to, you still have to like, again, I, you know, I didn't finish the whole thing. I got, I I had to become comfortable. Like, okay, you know, if I can get a verse in a chorus, I'm happy, done, move on, on to the next week. And you Mm. can always come back and build on that. But, but having that quantity goal moves you forward Mm. so that if you're moving fast enough, then, uh, um, you don't have time, you know, you have time to offer one kind of self-critique, something like that, but you, you won't get buried in the, oh, I, could mm. do that, I could do that, I could do that. And so something about moving forward onto the next thing keeps you out of that unhelpful um, self-critical space. Absolutely. There's, you know, there's really only seven days you could have in between the, when, when, and, until you've got to just wipe the slate clean and start again. Um, and, 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 Chances are you've created a song in the last four weeks that you're pretty happy with, so you could hold on to that a little bit if you wanted to hold on to something as like a hey, I did a really great song. Um, you know, I, I wrote a song yesterday, and I'm like, yeah, it, it was a song. Yeah. I practiced stuff, you know, and that, then that, I, I but I but I love the one from last week, so I'll keep listening yeah. to that one. You know, <laughs> that, and that's what, that that's what you made me think, which was because uh, one of your earlier podcasts you were talking about um, uh, just with the quantity in your own writing. Um, you know, and suddenly putting out, you know, five songs in one week, you were learning not to hold every song as this precious little, you know, precious creature and so precious creation. And so I think that, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, 
okay, but yeah, all right, we can play around with it. We can cut it in half. We can do this. And uh, being able to have that self-awareness where you're not, everything is just, this is just my perfect, this is my little baby. This is my one baby. It's like, actually, let's get a lot of babies out here. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the babies will be fine. Absolutely. And then just, just to add, you know, the forward movement onto uh, this idea of creating every week, not only are you, um, you don't have time to hold on to any negative attachment or any attachment, hopefully, um, but also you build momentum by continuing to, you know, build quantity. You're building yeah. momentum um, around all of the things like skill. So there's no atrophy of skill. There's no atrophy of lyric writing. You're not, um, you know, everyone understands what I mean by that. You're you're, you're continually tapping into that skill set, so you're going to develop quick, quicker and yeah, more, more even maybe more thoroughly. And at some point, you might go, okay, so I'm feeling better about my lyric writing or my melody writing. I want to then go and get some instruction, or you know, read a book, and then. Um, supplement that learning in some way because you're feeling more resilient around that skill to then want to dive in. But when you're maybe unconsciously incompetent, maybe you're like, it's all too much, I'm overwhelmed, you know. It's not the time to do it then. It's not the time yeah. to, to, to take on too much but just play, play, play. And at some point you're like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling a little better about this. Um, play, play, play. Oh, I want to supplement that with understanding how to rhyme a little bit better or something. Okay, you go and learn that yeah. and supplement and play, play, play. Now you can do the rhyming thing without really overthinking it. And then you can supplement by learning this or, you know, and then you just continually build development and develop. I don't know if you can say build development, yeah. but develop by. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so you, if you, we, if, sorry, go ahead. Well, you know, I was going to say, uh, you know, one other principle, kind of real important kind of, I guess, perspective. So we talked about the, the, the ceramics and the 50 versus the, the quantity of 50 versus the quality of one. Um, another principle that, or I guess just big idea that I keep in the back of my head um, that motivates me is there is a reality that no one, no one in this industry knows what is going to be a hit song. Mm. And, and so it's very similar to American baseball. And, 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 and one of the things in baseball, they have batting averages where if you go to the plate and you, you bat, um, if you hit, get on base four out of 10 times, 40, 40%, they call it four, four, 400, batting 400, you will be in the Hall of Fame. You oh. will be one of the greatest baseball players of all time. That means that six times out of 10, you step up to the plate, you're struck out. You're nothing. But you fail. Six times you fail. And and I would argue that the Quincy Jones and the David Foster, we know they're, they're amazing talents, amazing ears. They are failing. Pro, they're probably similar to baseball where 40% of the time, yeah, amazing. But 60% of the time, no, nothing happened there. No, that didn't, no, no, no. We don't hear about that. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's just the remind. No one, no one knows what is going to be a hit. I love this little statistic because that's grounded in a, uh, I suppose, a, a rule around who gets some sort of championship, right? I'm sorry, that's not the right language to use, but who gets the... Well, no, it's, it, it, I mean, it, uh, I was, it, that's one of the, um, it's just kind of a, a, a performance statistic Indicator. for players that, and, and, and you know, at the, when their career is over, will they be voted into the Hall of Fame, hall which of would fame. be the, the, the greatest baseball players of all time? And so that it's just okay. to show that the greatest baseball players of all time will fail 60% so then, of the time. Everyone else fails more. 
So where I'm going with that is the 10% that I see as a statistic for songwriters. So, and, and, I, and I talk about songwriters in iHeart Songwriting Club who are writing songs every week, not songwriters in general who might be writing four songs a year um, or, or songwriters who write, uh, you know, 15 songs a week, you know, when you're a pro songwriting and you might be pumping out three songs a day. But, so, so let's go to, yeah. you know, the 10% statistic or 10% ratio of songs written in the club to what gets released. This is what yep. I see as club founder with, you know, 1,200 songwriters in the club. Yep. So moving to how do we get to the 40% as like the hit, like let's let's use the analogy of who gets into the the Hall of Fame. For, is it baseball? Yeah, that's a, that, sorry, that's a so baseball a analogy. Player. Yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> so like, I didn't have a good okay, cricket baseball. analogy for you. <laughs> I, I don't even understand cricket. <laughs> you're good, you're good. So, so let's just start with that. So 40%. So how do we get from the, the 10% to 40%? Because I think that that's the difference between average and good enough and, you know, what people are pumping out to how do we get to creating great 40%. And I, I think that's still around volume. You know, if we're looking at the Quincy Jones or the, I can't name one baseball person who's in the Hall of Fame, they would have done so much more than the hobbyist or the emerging yeah. songwriter or the person who's, you know, um, maybe, I'm not even going to say playing it safe, but they're, they're, they're next level devoted. They're next yep. level quantity, development, all of that sort yeah. of thing. So so I th- still think it's a numbers game. It's a volume yeah. Um, and, and development. So if you want to go, well, I want to write more than one out of 10 songs that are amazing, then I think you've just got to write a whole lot more because you're going to develop quicker and then you'll start to um, b- bring greater skill and capacity to every song that you yeah. write. Yep. And then maybe you'll get four out of 10 songs that are just freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, reckon you know, that's, I reckon there's yeah. something there. I've, I just never heard that 40% thing before, so I wanted to play with it as an idea. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think the other idea, and I mean, this is for, uh, I know I'm in this space too, which is, um, uh, and I think that the, the other big piece then is collaboration. And so, um, you know, awesome to be a one-stop, you do all this, great. But the reality is kind of the higher up you go, suddenly they're, you're actually, yeah, no, there are three other good writers that were somehow, if they weren't collaborating, they were offering feedback on it. And then, mm-hmm. oh, and then there's a... Uh, you know, a, a producer that, again, if they're not doing it and you're still doing it, they're offering good feedback on it. Um, and then there's a mixing engineer that if they're not doing it, um, they're offering good feedback. And so, again, that that collaborative part, you know, we, we can do so much on our own, but clearly we can do more from that quality standpoint. So we can go. The quantity is up to us. The yeah. quality will come with time. Mm-hmm. The quality will be even better if we are getting direct feedback from other people at each stage of the songwriting process, you know, the, the, the musical release process. For, for me, I found that co-writing and I've been doing a whole lot more of that in the last three years, um, you know, really regularly um, has refined my skill so much faster by having that amount of input on ideas or being able to have input on other people's ideas and seeing where that goes. Um, and I a hundred percent, agree that collaboration is a huge um, uh, turnkey in skill development. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, you know, there's, there's, there's also at the same time, there's an interesting, uh, what I'm seeing is a kind of a balance of, 
okay, I, I consider myself someone who's who's totally I'm I'm out of the box and I am trying to come back in and mm. learn techniques and other things that are in the box that people are doing. Okay, okay, got it. Okay, they do that. Okay, okay, got it. Um, so I think there's a balance though between artistically, if if you are um, only collaborating, especially in an earlier stage, I think there's a risk of mm. conforming to what everyone else is doing. Yeah, and so I think there's a there's there's an important balance. And I think if you know yourself real well and you've already been at this for well, okay, that maybe that's a little different. Um, um, I'm still in a phase on my own development where I'm like, okay, let me let me yeah, what what am I doing? Let me let me play around and let me and that let me not be shaped and told, oh, you need to do this. This is what they do. That's school. <laughs> that's 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 school. That's not learning, um, and it's also and it's not creation. So, uh, so I'm trying to balance that while, okay, hmm, I mean, and, and I, and, and I look forward in kind of this next phase to doing a lot more collaborating, uh, collaborating, but it's also a lot of just feedback and taking that gingerly. Because again, when you're trying to create, when you truly are trying to create something that's original, people are like, what? Ah, nah, what? And it's, mm. and so you, yeah, it's, so I just that, think that that's, a, that's an important thing about what are the, you know, you know, when when we are working with others, not to lose our own ideas and voice. I hadn't even considered something so specific as that. And then when I reflect on my own experience, I used to do co-writing before I started my iHeart Songwriting Club practice. So, but, and FYI, before I started my iHeart Songwriting Club practice, I was an incredibly judgmental songwriter. You can't bring <laughs> that to a co-writing session if oh, and, yeah. and be an effective co-writer. And so it was a very painful experience of trying to write with others when I just brought that, you know, whether I said it aloud or whether it just inhibited every idea. Um, it was, I wasn't free enough. I hadn't played enough. I hadn't developed my sense of who I was as a songwriter. And, you know, so I was, you know, use the word gingerly. I had to gingerly come into co-writing because I was like, will it be like what it was? And absolutely wasn't because I knew who I was as a songwriter and I knew yeah. I knew how resilient I, I, I am. I know how resilient I am. I, I know that I have chops. I know that I can follow through. I know how to finish a song. I know how to give feedback. I, you know, I've practiced all of those elements. And so, yeah, you, it's such a great specific point about not – Bring not relying on collaboration too early in the piece before you really are aware of how to express yourself musically and create and develop those ideas. Um, yeah, yeah the, uh, you've got to play in the in the sandpit by yourself too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, you'll always create the like sandcastle like your friends. Yep. And 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 that's and it's easy to fall into that because I think most of what happens is again conformity, and then there's some breakout stuff that because everyone's trying to. Oh, be like this. Be like you know. Is there you know? All the, you go to the, uh, the the industry events, and everyone says, "Oh, you know, original, original, original." Blah, blah, blah. But what? And then they you get they get into the feedback, and it's all you need to be more like this artist. You need to be more like mm. that artist. And so I think because they're all because that's the easiest path to monetization is copying, yeah, copying something that's working. And and I mean, there's and there's truth behind that. Um, but if you really are a creator, well, then you got to balance that and make sure that you are not just copying, but you're allowing time and space uh, to really create what's coming out of you. Yeah, beautiful. How would you put words around or describe what you create? 
if someone, you know, went to any of the streaming sites to listen to Kari Lawyer and yeah. the work that Kari Lawyer creates as an artist, how would you describe that? Well, so one thing that I used recently when I went to, I went to the recent Durango Expo in um, Colorado and I kind of was like, huh, let me do And so I said, it's, it, it's what it might sound like if Keith Haring, Dr. Seuss and Ricky Martin formed a band. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, it is. So, so you got, you know, you got, you got, Keith, so Keith Haring and, uh, I, you know, I love Keith Haring, just super playful that could be for kids, but it also all adults. And then you got Dr. Seuss, totally for kids, but actually it's really intellectual and um, again for adults. And then Ricky Martin, man, he's just fun. He's got swagger and he's got rhythm and ritmo and like, let's go. And, he's, and he sings in multiple languages. He sings in multiple do. languages, exactly. And and the different cultural um, influences yeah. there. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. That's very thoughtful, actually. And um, and and, uh, it's, and this is still a work in progress. So if you if you have ideas, man, send them my way because I'm. I mean, this is I'm trying to think of that. Like, oh yeah, I, what? Huh, I what couldn't is that? describe I mean, it. I I, I yeah. couldn't. I could. I can't put so you I mean, in a box. It's, I mean, it's a, you're it, unboxable. It, it, it's, a, it's a, yeah, undefined. It's a musical adventure, basically. It's like if you're ready for a musical adventure, um, you know, and this is what, what's cool about songwriting is it's a, everything is a story and it just happens to be a musical story, but we're telling a story. Yeah. And so I just love, you know, I love travel. And so it's like, man, I love, love, uh, love, I love people of all different, you know, all different backgrounds. And every time we're, I mean, we're telling a story about, some part of the human condition on some corner of the globe. And it's just, what a cool opportunity. Yeah. And there's 8 billion stories right now. So, you know, there's lots to tell. There is lots to tell. So could you give us an example of a song that you've written in I Heart Songwriting Club and then could we play it? So give us a bit of, you know, what was the theme? How did you come about writing it? What maybe you've learned from that? And then um, we'd love to play it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what you know, there's. Uh, so, you've, I, I got to choose from thirteen here, which is cool. And then uh, the one one that I think would be fun is um, uh, agua, and the the theme was water, and it was so. Um, again, this is it was perfect because this this was about. So I was about. Um, it, was, it was a year ago, June. So I was about um, a little more than a year in. And this was one of those cases where I had the, th- the it was water and I saw, immediately saw that. And I said, oh, that's so interesting. I had this hook in my head, agua, in Spanish, um, ella mueve como agua, con su ritmo puro. She moves like water with her, her, her pure rhythm. Uh, and, uh, and I just had that hook, but I hadn't done anything with it. And I saw that. I was like, oh, well, let me use this musical sandbox today to start to develop that idea. And so, uh, uh, yeah, just just went through, and in and again, my in that in one hour, I was going to be happy. In fact, I I actually I ended that session. I ended up spending three hours, and I'm always transparent if I spend more than one hour. But I was just, this is fun. Let me do this. And in that three hours, I was focused on just getting having fun, putting different instruments in, and playing around with the lyrics on the verse and the chorus. And so at the end of that, I only had a verse and a chorus to share. But I was excited about it. And so I shared it. And then, um, uh, you know, and it's Spanish with some English and it's playful. I mean, it's adventurous. It's playful. It's fun. It's uh, um, quirky. 
um, you know, I love sound, so I'm just playing a lot with a, with a lot of different sounds. You know, and the, we were talking about, you know, with each, I had just learned vocal chops where you take, um, you know, you, you, you take whatever. So it's like, let's, in this case, it's agua. And you take that, you take that. And now you chop it into just the, ah, and you can play around with the, ah, 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 you know, and you can, mm -hmm. you can synthesize those basically. And so this is a case where, oh, huh, today I'm going to use this musical sandbox to also play around a little bit with that and see what happens. Um, so anyways, that, yeah, that, and, mm. and it just kept going. And then, and then it, and that's one, then we're after those three, I, I shared it, got feedback, it was awesome. And then I returned to it um, and, uh, and developed it. And then how did you come to choose this as a song to release? Is it, you know, just it stayed with you or, you know, Tell, yeah, tell us just, about it, choosing it, that. Yeah, it, it it just it it felt really good. It just felt fun, and um, uh, you know, and, and and I'd gotten you know positive feedback on the vibe from from folks, and it just, but 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 uh, yeah, it felt fun. And then when I would play it, you know, so one of the things as part of my process, I will make sure that I um, play it to some different groups, and I'm getting input um, because I can see what resonates. I also and I'm getting feedback. In each of those playings, so you know this song started with iHeart songwriting, um, but then I played it with I think two other different groups where I was getting feedback, and you could see, you know, it, and it's also really interesting when you when I do feedback sessions with so iHeart iHeart's one thing because you don't you're not having real time feedback, and so that alone is is one type of feedback. But when you do a real listening session where you can see people's faces real time, it's so interesting. Because usually the listening sessions are not regular people. They're songwriters and musicians. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and more often than not, they're focused on finding something that needs to be changed. And, but what you, what happens is the, if you'll hear that in the critique, but the most important thing is just how do they react when they're mm. listening to it? And so I'm looking to see, are people smiling? Are people nodding their head a little bit? And that tells me a lot more than the kind of uh, the more cerebral, hmm, I got to, uh, yeah, this one. Uh, yeah, it's like, the considered response, yeah. Yeah, so there's, I mean, because ultimately music is about feeling and then thinking usually comes second for, for most people. Yeah. I, I use my gigs um, as a way to do that or our iHeart Songwriting Club Songwriter Circles as a way to get that feedback. So it's the same thing. I'm, I'm looking for the immediate response and the, and the expression from others to to gauge whether that that connects or not. Yeah, I mean, that, and that, and that's something that I I don't have right now in kind of my whole my whole um, you know musical development program here. I'm I'm not doing regular live live sessions with folks um, where I'm you know at a, a, a bar or whatever venue. But that is that that's priceless because you could throw in any new song mm. and you just see real time. And, and you, you see know, it and next then you can, to you a can song. Even, you can even A, B your, like, try verse yeah. this one. One night, try this verse. The next night, try this other verse. Or chorus, change the line. And you can A, B it and try to gauge. And, uh, I mean, so it's just a, what a wonderful opportunity to get feedback. And another thing about doing it live at a gig is to throw it next to a, a, a very well-established um, song, whether that's an established song of your own catalog or a cover, whatever it is. If you throw it next to an established song that you know works, then you yeah. can kind of feel, does it have a similar level of this works energy, you know, um, or, or does it surpass that or does it fall under it and what can I do with that information to help bring that up a level or, you know, 
Yeah. Great. That tells me everything about why this song is working. Um, so let's let's listen to Agua. Let's let's okay. do it. Okay. So um, how's your Spanish, by the way? Do you do you understand any Spanish at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Again, it's it's not about it's it's about the feel. What nada. Did, so afterwards, like, Is okay, how do you how do you feel? Nada. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no entiendo nada. <laughs> I don't understand anything. Perfect. No, I, I fully appreciate that uh, a lot of uh, people from the United States would most likely speak Spanish, um, but it's not a top language here in Australia. We yeah. don't have borders. Well, then this will be even more Spanish exotic uh, to, the, to yes. the majority of the listeners. Yes, beautiful. Here is Kari Loya and Agua. La otra noche cuando llegué a su casa Yo no sabía qué decir Yo la miré Listening to that, 
I saw smiles. That again, that's all, that's all that counts. Smiles. Um, it's <laughs> joyful. It's so joyful. And I've got your translation here that you sent me through. So I was having a couple of giggles again at, you know, sugar from her Caribbean that's not sold on eBay or carbonated or not on the rocks with seals. I just, it's endearing and uh, fun and there's like a pure joy to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, those are, those are, I saw you smiling in particular, a couple of those lines there. And, uh, yeah, you know, those, those, it's, I mean, again, it's as much, you think about like Max Martin, you know, Max yeah. Martin, um, you know, who, who now I think after John Lennon and Paul McCartney, he's, he's like the number three top mm. songwriter of all time. Mm-hmm. And, and he will, you know, he would have just have fun with sounds and they'll oftentimes it's like, they, I can't remember what they, they have a term for it, but it's like, they even it's like gibberish where it's like no actually it doesn't make any sense but it just sounds cool it sounds right and none of this is gibberish but it's it's the sounds it's like the azúcar de su caribe it you're just mm-hmm. I'm playing with sounds and and there's meaning behind it but it's more about the fun of the sounds and then yeah. con gas sin gas 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 and you know rocas and yes. focas so it's just mm-hmm. it's having fun with rhyme and alliteration and 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 kind of syncopated um, uh, stressing of syllables and yeah, I mean I that's do, the beauty, right? All these uh, all these levers that we can control as as crafters of songs. I can see that you know if if by listening to this, I would want to know how to sing that chorus because there's such a um, like a dance on the mouth, really. Um, it, it, those lyrics, and I don't know if this is the Spanish language as well, but the rhythm that you've used. Um, and the combination of vowels is just so... Say, say the chorus. Agua, ella mueve como agua con su ritmo puro. It's just so delicious yeah. in your mouth. <laughs> I bet it feels delicious in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that, that, that's fun. Ella mueve como agua con su ritmo puro. Oh, yeah. All right. Agua, you go. You go, girl. Mueve como agua dale, dale. Venga, venga. Vamos. Canta, canta. Did I do it? Yeah. <laughs> <I was> kidding. <laughs> I, I mean, that's All right. You're going to have, the, you're gonna have a fiesta, fiesta in Brisbane there. Fiesta yeah. Latina in Brisbane. You're ready. <laughs> yeah. So so tell me, like, what's your goal for a song like this? Like, what's, what's your goal? What, what would you love for this song to do for what do for the world? Uh, what it just did to, to you smile, yeah. you smiled and you laughed Yeah, like that, 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 that like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to change the world with, um, you know, um, get everyone to understand this, this one's, you know, I've got, cause I've got, again, I've got from this to a, you know, from this falls under the fun and whimsical fun and yeah. whimsical. And then you've got solemn on the other end of the spectrum. Like, yes, this is really, there's a really important message. This is just fun. And so, yeah. and you know, and, and I, 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 I don't feel that again. Whatever comes out, and so this one's just yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't need to change the world with this song. But if I can make, um, I just made one person smile and laugh. Well, let's start there. What does it take to change the world anyway? I mean, does it take something so serious? Does it take something that? I mean, who knows what is going to change the world? And so, why can't it be fun? Well, yeah, yeah. and then you know, it's like you the way you change the world is you change one, one person. person in front of you yeah, exactly, right? and you've just changed the world. Yeah. And now you, and then you change another and okay, now, now, now that impact can grow, but the reality is that's, that's how you change the world. Global you know, so change start, starts with the individual. It starts with, you know, from one individual to the next. It, it's and, such a uh, pure goal for, for your songs. Like I, I, I thought maybe, you know, you might say, and 
I'd love for this song to be on a movie, in a movie, or I'd love for this song to be an ad or, you know, used in some sort of project or, but your answer is. I mean, absolutely. Like all, all, all of those things are great. Uh, but what I, I, you know, I like, that's great. That's, that's not going to give me any more um, brain chemicals than I just got watching you smile and hearing you chuckle. <laughs> like, okay, awesome. This is used in whatever, you know, that like fantastic, uh, like gets a prize what like uh, that like i love all that stuff uh, those would be awesome but the the, that's not gonna yeah those are ephemeral okay great little little dopamine hit but it's more about oh my god the smiles yeah and 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 i and and i i smile i mean everything has got to start for from a creative standpoint for me it's like it's got to make me feel the way i want to feel and this one is a fun one and it makes me i i smile and i then yeah. that's that, that's good enough for me. And now if if I can get it to win a Latin Grammy at some point or get write the next song that wins a Latin Grammy, awesome. Love that. Yeah, but Why you're not? certainly not going to you know start writing the song out as a song that you want to enter in the Latin Grammys. Yeah. No, it, no, yeah. it, exactly. <laughs> that that that's the second. So so and the, and the cool thing again putting the creator's hat on first, the artist hat on first, marketeer's hat on second. Once you have your catalog, you know, so like who knows? They're like I don't know. They're like now that now that this is here, there may be there. I, I don't know what it is, but something around the theme of water that comes up in eight months, and I have an opportunity to pitch it for something. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, literally now. Now I have this forever, and can, yeah, and can like pitch the, it and can pitch it forever. And so now it's on a creative pitching side. We can do that with all of our songs. Once you have, so, you know, the first part is create your catalog, be the artist, but then put on that creative marketing hat and say, huh. Let me go back and look at my catalog. What might I pitch right now and why and where? Yeah. I always think the investment on what you create and put out to the world has a very long tail on it. And something say say for example, the 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 20th song from now that you release might be that Latin Grammy song. And therefore everything that you've released um retrospectively is going to be even more successful because of the yeah. the spotlight on that one song. To- mm. Totally. I mean, they say that with, with books. It's like if you want, if you want, the best way to sell a book is to write another book. Yeah. Yep. Back to the volume game, right? Back to the volume game. Oh wow! Yeah. I just really feel like volume and play are the the, the key themes from this um, this conversation. And uh, yeah, they they're totally on on brand with what we're both about and um, yeah. what the club is all about too. Hey, I have a final question for you if yeah. you're um, open to it. This Absolutely. podcast is called The Magic of Songwriting, and I'm curious what that phrase means to you. Uh, yeah. Um, magic for me comes from capturing a feeling through music and then allowing others to feel that too. So that, that for me is the magic of songwriting. You've captured a feeling and now through mu- music, you're allowing others to experience that feeling. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, before I add uh, that, I'll let that set and res- how does that mm. resonate? <laughs> well, well, what, what I'm, the first thing I'm getting is like, you've got a, it's like you've taken an audio picture of a feeling. Yeah. I, I don't know if that makes any sense or you've. Yep. It's like an imprint of a feeling and then the way that that's transferred is via sound frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm, I, I, I've not heard it that way before and, or I've not uh, been shown to, 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 to feel it that way or think about it that way. I like that. Really like that. 
I mean, is there more there, to it, that? It, it, it sounds it's, like it's, there's it's, more. I mean, well, I mean, I think it's, it, I just, I think the ma- magic is about, it's, it's the magic is about um, uh, sharing a feeling. Yeah. You're sharing a feeling with someone. And, mm. um, and when we do our craft well, we're sharing a feeling. And I was happy to share the smiles and the, a little bit of giggles there with you. Um, you know, while shaking hips and shoulders and, uh, and, you know, I think the, the other thing that's interesting is I was, as I was thinking about, I guess this topic in general, that songs have the, I would say they have the potential to be a powerful empathy machine um, because you're, it's all about feel, there's feel, 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 and you're hearing these feelings that people are sharing. And again, the wide range of feelings. But I guess what's interesting, I say potential because if you think about how folks often listen to, they listen for a couple seconds and it's not resonating with me and I'm not interested in learning more about how they're feeling and experience that feeling. And so it's interesting because we, you know, so I, I, it's almost like I would love to see a study on correlation between how many genres people listen to and their, their degree of empathy. And mm. if you're listening to more genres of music, do you somehow, does that make you more empathetic to people who come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes? Anyway, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm no, no, brainstorming no, it loud. Of. You, 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 there's something opening up there for me. And, uh, and, and the other layer that's coming up for me is in the vocal performance or the vocal communication, it's often laden, laden with the emotion anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, just let's not even talk about genre, but even language, you know, genre and language, perhaps exploring that and just being able to hear the emotion or feel the emotion, you would know whether you can align with that or you you resonate with that by listening to the vocal, surely. is I feel like that's, that's where it's at, at a really um, first impressions level. At a first impressions level, it's like I I listen to this vocal, and if if music has the capacity to be a, a, a communicator of empathy or you know communicator of feeling, then surely that's going to come through in the vocal. Um, as a, as a first impression, is there something there that resonates to, with what you were saying? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, that, you yeah. know, again, I, one of the things I, I'm in the world of voiceovers, and so uh, the the subtleties of voice. And, and, you know, you, uh, and the tone, it's all about tone Mm. and the tone has got to match the message and the feel and with music, well, you know, you, you, same thing, that vocal performance, um, has got to match the, you know, the prosody it's got, it's the, the, the vocal, the, the, the lyrics have got to match the, the, the message it's the lyrics have got to match the feel of the song and then the vocals, if you took stripped everything away and just heard those vocals, they should be able to communicate that same feeling. And then if we add, you know, listening to new genres into that mix, you know, to expand that, I do think that some people switch off from things and, and you know, I'm probably one of those people too that's like that's not my forte or my – nothing wrong with that. But often the vocal delivery is too heavy for me. You know, it's like, ah, I'm being yelled at. You know what I mean? It's like I, I'm feeling that emotion and I don't want to feel that. 
Yeah. So, so, um, yep. and that's only one example of one style of music that probably you could all just guess what that is based on what I've just shared. Um, I'm not, I don't want to experience that. Um, so I don't know really where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so, so I guess the, de- so we'll the decision, yeah. So, I mean, so when we're listening to music, when we're listening to, uh, and there's the opportunity for empathy. Mm. You, you, absolutely. We're deciding, okay, do I want, how much, there's a feeling. Do mm. I want to feel that right That's now? That's it. Yeah. And and guess what? In our free time, uh, generally, like, well, I want to, you know what? I know I want to feel like A and B and I don't want to feel like C, D and E. So I'm going to do a total, like that totally makes sense. I guess I just say that it is interesting then if you look over time mm. um, by listening at some point to uh, A, B and also C, D and E it starts making us aware of some of these other feelings and experiences that maybe we have less experience with. And, yeah. um, and so, I, and I think that that naturally can, can build empathy if we go in with like, huh, let me try to put myself in this person. Oh yeah, I feel that. Now I may not want to feel that all the time, but yeah, you know, I don't need to be, I don't need to be Johnny Cash hurt um, all the time, broken down hurt, but boy, I feel that when um, yeah. I listen like, man, I, that's a, a slice on life. Yeah, um, I, I've spoken about this in a previous episode around, you know, music and the not only, well, I think I may have talked about lyric, um, you know, what are you really listening to and the power of that of that lyric and do you really, uh, is that really what you're choosing to listen to? Like really be, be, be purposeful around what you're choosing to listen to, but let's even take it further with like feeling the pain and sometimes that can be incredibly useful and sometimes it can be really unhelpful and I just think that that what I'm trying to say and what maybe what you're trying to say is let's just be aware of like an invitation to explore what yeah. you're really listening uh, uh, to. Yeah. And, and how does it make you feel? Yeah. I, and no, do you I want to feel I, that? I, I love that word uh, invitation because that, I yeah. mean, that's when, when someone has put a song out in the world, it's an invitation to feel what they're feeling. Yeah. And, and, and when you, and it's an inter- invitation to understand what they're feeling and maybe why they're feeling that way. You know, if it's a really well done song, uh, um, but yeah, I, I love that. It's an invitation. Beautiful. So may everyone make lots of invitations. Yeah. <laughs> what a delightful, <laughs> joyful, playful conversation with so much wisdom. Thank you so much, Kari. I am really uh, blessed to have been able to connect with you. And I know you connected with me many years ago, but it's uh, taken me a little while to connect with you. So thank you very much for your wonderful contribution to iHeart Songwriting Club and for being here today as part of the podcast. Yeah. Thank you again for having me and thank you for the service that you provide for all of us creators. It's been a wonderful journey and I look forward to uh, uh, more ahead. More and more and more. Thanks, Kari. Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. To help others connect with the magic of songwriting, we'd love it if you'd take a moment to rate or review our podcast or share it with anyone you think would benefit from it. And if you want to find your community of songwriters, visit us at iheartsongwritingclub.com and let us help you reconnect with the magic of songwriting. 